is your wake up call. Charlemagne the God. The realest show on the planet. This is why I respect this show because this is a voice to society. Changing the game. You guys are the, the coveted morning show, but y'all earn that. Impacting the culture. They wake up in the morning and they, they want to hear that breakfast club. The world's most dangerous morning show. We in the mother. We in the. Yo 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 Good morning, Angela Yee. Good morning, DJ Envy. Charlemagne the guy. Peace to the planet. It's Thursday. Yes, it's Thursday, and today is Lil Wayne's birthday, and the Carter Five will be released today. I was thinking it was gonna come out at midnight, but I guess it didn't. Not not yet. I'm not. I mean, I'm not excited for that. I don't have an expectation for it. I'm going to listen really? to it when it drops. Yeah, I mean, listen, man. I, Little Wayne is a whole legend out here in these streets, but we're not going to act like Little Wayne's uh, content has changed much over the past ten years. How much? How much is he going to rap about promethazine and eating poom poom? I well, hope. You, the, I hope the subject matter is different. He went through a lot to even be able to put this album out publicly. So yeah, he said he's giving his heart and soul and everything to the on this project. So I'm hoping it's a little deeper than that. I actually just ran into them when I said I was coming here to the station, and they're excited. They're excited to finally get this project out, so I'm excited to hear it. Yeah, that's my thing. Like, what you said is exactly my thing. I just hope he digs a little deeper. He older now. How old is Wayne now? 36, 37 years old? Yep. You know, you've you been through a whole lot. I want to hear about it on this album. You know, I don't want to hear just a bunch of raps about, you know, eating poom poom and promethazine. All right? I think I think he will. I, I think he will. I hope for They say in the album, I, I looked on the site, it says uh, 18 more hours, so... I guess we just gotta wait a little bit. I'm gonna I'm, I'm I'm definitely check for it. You know my uh, my. So new, midnight tonight. Mm-hmm. My my new daughter is home now. I drop on the clues bombs for my third daughter. Oh, you bought her home? Yeah, she's she's home now. And you know, isn't that when is, you gotta put the car seat in the seat for the for the baby baby? Isn't it still difficult though? Baby baby. No, because I don't put the car seat in for the baby baby. My wife put the car seat in for the baby baby. I wow. do not know what I'm doing. She had to push the baby out and put she the car seat the, in. Yeah, what did you do? Well, first of all, I don't know how to put a car seat in, so I'm not even going what? to risk that. No. So this is your third daughter, and, and you, you still, still don't know how to put a, put a car, car seat? seat in? Absolutely not, and I'm not even going to risk that. Like even that. I've done that. Well, I haven't. Not having okay. kids. <laughs> all right, and I'm not even going to risk that. Okay, but I, I, this is a very stressful time, and the reason it's a very stressful time is because like the baby is new. So you still don't know what the baby's gonna look like yet, and I'm seeing too many of my features early, bro. Now you know, no man wants a daughter that looks like him. What features okay? are you seeing? Unless, I'm curious. Unless, unless you're Jared Leto, you don't want your daughter to look like you. What features right? are you seeing? I'm just, just the nose, everything. I'm just like I, I'm, like, I'm looking. I'm like, please, man. My the, the last thing my daughter needs is to look like me. All right, please. All girls should look like their mothers. I don't know, cause you, you there's that one picture of you with glasses and a wig. And, you won't, you won't look that bad. Well, nah. a lot of people don't look how they look when they were born. No. Nah. Anymore. I just don't want no daughter that looks like me. All right. No man should. Unless, no of course, you're Jared Leto. All right? All right. Well, Cameron Caskey will be joining us this morning. If you don't know who that is, he's the survivor of the Parkland shooter out One in Florida. One of the survivors, yeah. One of the survivors, yeah. So we're going to talk with him this morning. Mm-hmm. All right. What you, waiting for, you was waiting for us to say more? I mean, yeah. I mean, he's. I think that he's a very. Uh, I don't have anything to say. I'm not going to force it. <laughs> he was going to try. So well, we've we've seen nothing. him be very active when he spoke out after the Parkland it. shootings and just talk, and talk about um, <laughs> gun control in the schools it. and his own experiences. Forcing it. 
So we'll talk to him a little bit. That's right. And then we the conversation speaks for itself. Yes. We got front page news, Um, Yes, we are going to talk about mental health uh, and what's going to be happening in New York for students here with every uh, school, what's going to be required of students when it comes to mental health. Now, see, that's a conversation I don't have to force. I'm all in on the mental health thing. All right. Well, let's get the show cracking. Front page news is next. Don't go anywhere. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Uh, Morning, everybody. It's DJ MV Angela Yee, Charlamagne the guy. We are the Breakfast yes, Club. Yes, salute, some... ta- salute to Taylor, man. One of my favorite dieses. She just came in here and told me I had a pretty face, man. That's how you keep your uncle feeling good about himself. Okay. You, you lied to him. Want, she must want something. Hey, man. Whatever. Whatever works. All right. Well, let's get some front page news. Don't fart on my face, Trump. Whoa, whoa. What are we talking about, Yee? Uh, let's talk about mental health now in New York. This is going to be. Uh, the first state in the U.S. to require mental health to be taught as part of health education when it comes to students, elementary, middle, and high school students across the state of New York. Now we'll have that on their educational agendas when they go back to class in the fall. I love it, man. Drop on the clues bonds from New York City. And, you know, I reposted this on my Instagram yesterday, and you have all of these stupid people who think that just because you're talking about mental health and you're talking about getting mentally healthy, they automatically think these doctors are putting us on drugs and putting kids on drugs. That's not how this mental health thing works, okay? Yeah, they want to decrease that stigma, change attitudes, and also give students practical knowledge that they can use when it comes to mental health problems. So they said with this law, they're basically going to teach uh, all types of curriculum and lesson plans that cover mental health, like alcohol, drug and tobacco abuse, and the prevention and detection of certain cancers, certain things like that. That's all going to be part of health education. If I had this when I was young, I'd probably still have a hairline. And, you know, actually, actually, I write about this in my new book, because my new book is all about mental health and about being mentally healthy. It's like what did guidance counselors do when, when we were younger i don't remember the guidance counselor ever sitting down and like building with me the way my therapist does now i have therapy today by the way i usually go on friday at three but i can't go tomorrow because i'm getting a colonic mm, looking forward to getting something in my ass i know you are mm-hmm. Ooh, okay is this, your first, right. is this your first colonic it's my first one you've been talking about getting a colonic for years i know now. i'm ready now i am now ready well you tell us how it goes i can't wait <laughs> okay. to see how you in here sitting I, sitting pretty tomorrow. i am ready All right, now, they said that millennials are behind America's shrinking divorce rate. Less people are getting divorced. The divorce rate dropped by 18% between 2008 and 2016. What they said the reason is is that uh, people are getting waiting till they get older to tie the knot and their lives are more stable when that happens. People are also getting married with college degrees already and they are less likely to be already divorced or have children when they get married because those are both risk factors for divorce. No, I noticed that, man. And then even even like a lot of these young men now, they are way more faithful and more committed to their women at the ages of 20-something than we were back in the day. Well, yeah, and part of it is also for... I always look at it like this. Back in the day, like a lot of times women felt like to feel secure and stable, they had to be married. But mm-hmm. now a lot of women are secure and stable on their own. And so That's when true, they true. get married, it's like, I wanted to. You know, and people, are, like I said, are waiting until they get older. That's a beautiful thing, man. Plus, not, not, to, not to mention the fact that the faithful black male community is one of the fastest growing communities in America today. Very thriving, gated community. People want to be a part of it. Drop on the clues bombs for us. I think also because of social media, too. Social media is so big now, it's, it's, you're seen everywhere. So you, you okay. better be faithful. All right, and a judge has dropped 119 cases in Florida after they found out a Florida deputy was investigated for planting drugs. It turns out that he was actually planting drugs on suspects, former Deputy Zachary Wester. He was fired on September 10th because of these bogus cases. So now 119 of those cases have been dropped. 
Okay. They had him on body cam video planting meth in a woman's pickup truck. Sounds like the police, and it sounds like Florida. Wow. <laughs> okay. Now, listen, just tell them why you're mad, right? When, that uh, was your well, front page news. That was front page news. That was front page news, but we about to get in and tell them why you're mad. Or, right. or well, blessed. But we can remix it, remix it a little bit. Mm-hmm. We I, can. I saw people very upset at Amber Rose yesterday. Well, let's talk about it. 800-585-1051. Uh, yeah, you know what? Uh, you got the story with Amber Rose and what she said? Yeah, Amber Rose posted Bill Cosby and said, man, F the fact that he's old and F the fact that he was on TV. He is a sexual predator, just like Trump and Harvey. I hope they get their day as well. And she goes on to say, if Bill Cosby raped and drugged any of you women, men that I've been seeing on the Internet standing up for this rapist or your mamas, you would be scared to say something to because you would assume that no one would believe you. She said, I would actually be scared to say something because his entire life he has been put in such a positive light. That's why he got away with it for so long. She said, I hope he doesn't die in jail. I hope he does the full 10 years and then dies the day he gets out. Yes, and people jumped all over her. I saw Jess Hilarious giving her smoke, giving sure her did. slander, mm-hmm. and people were very upset about that comment. They were mad. All right, well, let's open up the phone lines. 800-585-1051. Amber Rose yesterday said, well, if he dies, he dies. She kind of hopes that after he does his time that he dies. Mm-hmm. People were mad about this. So let's open up the phone lines. You think that was foul? You think she went too far? 800 800- 585-1051. We'll take your calls. We'll talk about it when we come back. Don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Morning, everybody. It's DJ MV Angela Yee, Charlamagne the guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Now, uh, if you just joined us, we were talking about Amber Rose. Now, what did she say about Bill Cosby yesterday that made people go a little crazy, Yee? Well, she was saying that she would be scared to say something because his entire life he has been put in such a positive light. And he said that's, she said that's why he got away with it for so long. We should be praising these women for showing us exactly who he is. I hope he doesn't die in jail. I hope he does the full 10 years and then dies the day he gets out. Mm. All right. So let's open up the phone lines. 800-585-1051. What do you guys think? You think that's foul, ye? I, I would never wish death upon anyone. And I saw uh, Frank Gatson posted about Maya Angelou being raped at the age of eight. Her rapist was found guilty, spent only one day in jail. After he was released, he was murdered because of this. She became mute for almost five years, believing her voice killed him. I think we have the justice system, which will put him in jail, and he should be behind bars, and he's been sentenced and everything. I don't wish death on anybody. Even I'm if it was different. something that happened to me, I wouldn't wish that. All right, I'm a little different. If somebody raped my daughter, drugged my daughter, raped them, I, w- I wouldn't care if they died tomorrow. I wouldn't care if they died an hour. I if didn't somebody... say I wouldn't care, but I, you know, I'm not saying that I would care about that, but I wouldn't wish it. Oh, I would wish it on them. Okay. And if somebody talked about my daughter in a negative, nasty way, I would wish death on them. Absolutely, positively. Wow. I'm not at the place where I'm, I, I forgive, but if you raped my daughter and drugged her, die. Um, I'm not in the business of policing what people can and cannot say. She said it. If that's how she feels, cool. She has to deal with that energy. But uh, rapists, pedophiles, racists, I don't care what is said about them. So if Bill did these crimes and that's how Amber Rose feels, doesn't upset me in the least bit. And I have <laughs> said that I think Bill will be dead in the next two weeks. I'm not wishing death upon him, but I just feel like the conditions of prison, him at 81 years old, probably, uh, you know, being distraught, having a broken heart, I think he'll be dead within the next two weeks, but I'm not wishing death upon him. But right, I don't... Let me I, ask I, you a question. Uh-huh. If he drugged or assaulted one of your daughters... Yes. You still wouldn't wish death upon him? I wouldn't wish death upon him, but I definitely would want to kill him. That's kind of the same, but I get what you're saying. <laughs> I mean, I, would, I, would, I wouldn't I say... Would yeah, I, would, I, I wouldn't him. wish death upon I him, but I him. definitely would want to kill him. That's kind of the same. All, All right, right, but I... 
Let's go to the phone lines. Hello, who's this? Brianna. Hey, Brianna. You heard what Amber Rose said. Do you, do you think it's foul? You think she went too far? No, I don't think she went too far. I mean, if he dies, he dies. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're going to rape that many women and then say that, yeah, I drugged them and I had sex with them while they were asleep, then why would I care if he died? Okay. Yeah, I mean, I mean, listen, I'm telling you. Thank you, Mama. I, 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 nobody's going to have sympathy for rapists, pedophiles, and racists, bro. Hello, who's this? It's Jason from Jersey. Jason, we're talking Amber Rose. You think what she said was was too far? Yeah, it was way too far, man. At the end of the day, we don't really know if the man did it. If he did it, he deserves to stay in jail and, and do his time. But saying that he, he should die as soon as he gets out is way too far. She's a real donkey for that, man. I don't think so. I mean, I, she, maybe she got sexually assaulted before. Maybe she got raped, and, and that's how she feels with, with all rapists. I ain't mad at that at all. Yeah, I can't tell people how to feel about things. I just know I wouldn't be that way. Yeah, I mean, that's what I said. If that's how she feels, cool, because at the end of the day, she has to deal with that energy. But you're not going to find too many people who have sympathy for rapists, pedophiles, and racists. 800-585-1051. You think what Amber Rose said was too far? Call us now. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Morning, everybody. It's DJ MV Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. Now, if you just joined us, we're talking Amber Rose this morning. Yes. Now, what a, did she say? A, this is a different variation of telling why you mad, because she had mad people mad yesterday. She definitely did. Now, what did she say about Bill Cosby, Yee? Well, she said, I hope he doesn't die in jail. I hope he does the full 10 years and then dies the day he gets out. Shame the rapist, not the survivors. Let, let's play what uh, the homie Just Hilarious had to say about this, because she, she, she wanted smoke with Amber Rose. She did. Amber Rose, bitch, what type of f***ing f***ed up individual are you? You wish death on a All right, that's why he getting jail time. So he can, you know, pay for what the did. You talking about you hope he died when he get out? Bitch, you're a f***ing idiot for that. I understand you standing up for women like you always want to wanna do. But like this so-called moment that you try to have, bitch, you f- Hold up when you wish death on that man that he do 10 years. Um, I don't I don't think Amber's wrong for saying that, and I don't think Just Hilarious is wrong for responding in that way. Uh, I'm just not in the business of policing what people can and cannot say. Because right. if, if that's how she feels about the situation, cool, because she's got to deal with that energy. But when it comes to rapists, pedophiles, racists, I don't care what is said about them. Right. Period. Right. I just don't. Well, let's go to the phone lines. Hello, who's this? It's D'Angelo from the 803. What up, though? What up, though? What up, though? Now, we're talking to Amber Rose. You think she went too far, bro? Yeah, I think she went a little too far, man. You know, I, I wouldn't wish death on nobody. But this is my whole thing, though, about to be a Cosby thing. You know, I think it was set up. I think <laughs> he was set up. They didn't want him to take over. You know what I'm saying? The TV. Because you know, he was about to buy NBC, Oh, you think right? he about to buy NBC, too? <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Everything he's going to buy NBC, all mm-hmm. this stuff come out. Come on, now. You know, open your eyes on that. So yeah, these, these 60 women said, we're going to link up and lie. Yeah, man. It ain't even that. I think they were paid to do so. It ain't the first time. It probably ain't gonna be the last time. I'm gonna be. So these sixty women were paid. Listen, I think so. I don't know if these. I don't. I don't know anything about these sixty women. Uh, I know that Bill Cosby is in prison right now. The justice system did what it did. But we have to find out if Bill Cosby was really trying to purchase NBC. That, I mean, this this urban legend has been going on for way such too long. Legend. It's been on too many memes. It's been floating online. I have to know was Bill Cosby really trying to purchase NBC? Somebody has to give me this information. And I do want to point out that deposition that we've been hearing about, where he said he would buy Quaaludes to give to women that he wanted to have sex with. He said that right. himself. That was back in 2005. So this isn't something that just happened. So clearly there were things that were brought up and police reports were filed previously, you know, over a decade ago. Hello, who's this? 
Good morning. This is Liza. Hi, guys. Hey, good morning. Good We're morning. talking Amber Rose this morning. You think what she said was a little too far that it, she hopes Bill Cosby I, dies? Yeah. Yeah. I think anybody wishing that on anyone is going too far. Um, just, I just want to make it clear that I don't sympathize with him. I agree that he got exactly what he wants, whether, you know, what he deserves. Whether he was blind, whether he's older, I agree with everything she said with the exception that, you know, she wished that's upon him. Right. He got he got justice. But I, I don't know. I just don't want to put that energy out. They yeah, already, me neither. They already hit him with a still hot dog bun on his first day in prison. Listen, like I said, I don't care what it said about rapists, pedophiles, and racists, but I just don't. I'm not going to say I want him to die. But if that was, you know, a guy who did that to my daughter, I would want to kill him. Like, I, like you know, there's no Same. coming back from death. You know what I'm saying? But I'm not going to sit here and sympathize with him because I don't care what you say about rapists, pedophiles, and racists. Like, they bought that on themselves. Yeah, trust me, he's suffering right now. They do a steel hot dog bun in his face already. I heard I that. Put a steel hot dog? Mind. What the hell is a steel hot dog bun? A steel, like hot steel. Dog. Stale. Oh, stale. I was like, stale. 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 I was like, that's what they serve in prison now? Steel hot dog buns? Oh my goodness. I have said that I think bed, that Bill will be dead in the next two weeks, though. I have said that. That's not wishing death upon him. Upon him. That's just a prediction based off the fact he's 81 years old, the conditions that he's in right now. I just don't see him lasting two weeks in jail. I just All right. Well, I guess there's no moral to the story. But anyway, we got um, rumors coming up here. Yes, we are going to talk about uh, Nick Cannon. He has a freestyle about Kanye. You want to hear what it is? We got it for Didn't you. Didn't they just talk and decide not to talk about each other no more? <laughs> My no God. Boy. All right. We'll get into that next. Keep it locked. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Now, don't forget, today is Lil Wayne's birthday. Okay. Happy birthday to Lil Wayne, all right? Which means his album's back? coming out today because he said he was putting Carter it out five. on his birthday. Are you are doing an hour-long Lil Wayne mix today or tomorrow? Uh, today, because oh, tomorrow's okay. Jeezy's birthday, and I got to do a Jeezy mix tomorrow. Okay, so okay. today we're doing Lil Wayne, so you can you know let me know Look your favorite Wayne joints. Libras. And tomorrow we're doing Jeezy. All right, but let's get to the rumors. Let's go. Listen up. It's just in. All the gossip. Gossip. The rumor report. Gossip. With Angela Angela Yee. It's the rumor report. The Breakfast Club. Well, Nick Cannon was on Big Boy's Neighborhood, and they asked him to freestyle about Kanye. Remember, the two of them uh, reportedly made up behind the scenes Mm -hmm. and squashed their beef over Kim Kardashian, and he doesn't want Nick Cannon to talk about Kim Kardashian anymore. Nick Cannon said that they both agreed to use their discretion. Okay, well, here is Nick Cannon's freestyle. And it's hot fire. He my dog. That's my team. Kanye make the whole world scream, but he tried to control what I had to say. I said, no way, Yeezy, not today. Uh, We could talk about Kim K or the KKK. Either way, I'ma get out and say what I got to say. No MAGA hats. Matter of fact, you can hit it to the back, cause I'm never repping that set, never repping that squad, never repping what you say, dog. You really not a god. I'm just gonna tell you, we all equal people, and I gotta keep it like that wait to the sequel where i let you have it again but at the end of the day you still my friend please fart on nick cannon i'm so sick of nick cannon forcing these raps on us we've been telling nick no for years and he just keeps going nick needs to start asking consent to spit and understand no means no who was in the background going woo? big boy gas him up for no goddamn reason Drop some more farts on Nick Cannon, please. <laughs> and please, give and give Big Boy some ass gas for gassing up. Oh, uh, stop it. But Big Boy is a comedian on the low, so Big Boy yes. probably just like, Woo, yes, put that hot fire, and laughing to himself, I'm sure. All right, God now. Damn, Nick. <laughs> 
uh, let's talk about Bow Wow. If you remember when Jermaine Dupree was on here, he had this to say about Bow Wow. So So Depth is the only label that's got all of the artists, not even Motown. I thought Bow Wow said he's not, he not doing it. Come on, man. Oh, gosh. Cut it out. Stop. Yeah. That's what I'm Bow saying. Said on I'm saying cut it out, man. It. You ain't, you, go to his page right now. What? It's the first thing on top of his pen to the top of his page. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, go, go right now. <laughs> so you saw when he said that, though. I mean, listen, like I said, I, I, I went to see if it was on his page when he mm -hmm. said it. It's pinned to the top of his page. All right, well, Bow Wow then posted, Why can't Animators just keep my name out their mouth? I mm. won't be there. So, so, Def 25. So, I guess he was saying he wasn't going. Well, now he has issued an apology on Twitter. He said, I want to apologize to my fans and the public and my so, so, Def family. Lately, That's I've been right. tripping and acting like an F-boy. My right. mind is clear. I'm back on track. I don't... Charlamagne, can you stop ad-libbing during this? <laughs> that's right, that's right. <laughs> my mind is clear. I'm back on track, thanks to God. See you on the road. Forgive me for my immature ways. Let's handle business. Thanks. Yeah, J thanks to God and JD. JD threatened to get the belt. JD told Shabbos to go strap. pick a switch. No, go pick a switch right pick now. The strap. Go pick a switch right now. <laughs> I know how to make you act right. But listen to Daddy, Shad. Then Bow Wow tweeted, God, please help me. And then he said, forgive me, I'm sorry, I'm back, focus, time to release, broken heart, see you on tour. I know for a fact God be sending all Shad Moss's emails to his fan folder. Ain't got time for this, all these real problems in the world. All right, now Lil Wayne, his album is supposedly coming out today. They have a countdown on his merch site. And by the way, with his merch, he has 14 different designers doing his merchandise collection. So the first pieces are supposed to be released at 5 p.m. Eastern today when you go to the Carter Five's official online shop. And people are very excited because the merch actually looks pretty dope. So the album, maybe, I don't know if it's going to come out then. Or I know, Envy, you said there was a countdown for the album. Yeah, countdown. Definitely today I ran into uh, Mac, Main and Wayne and when I left uh, the hotel this morning. Um, and they're, they're excited. They're happy. It's his birthday. And they said uh, they can't wait for people to hear the music. But they said it's definitely coming out today. I'm interested in hearing C5. I just don't want to hear the same old subject matter. Lil Wayne been rapping about eating poom poom and doing promethazine for the past 10 years. I need him to dig a little deeper on this project. Now, he said he's, gonna be, he said he's, gonna, he's getting deep. He said it, he's, he's releasing his soul on this album. It's long awaited. This is, is, is been five, six years of just writing and just stacking up information. So I don't think it's going to be about that. Hopefully hope not. So. Hopefully, I hope, I hope he gets not. deep with it. Pause. Well, there's also other rumors. <laughs> what you pausing for? The man kisses other men in the mouth and you pausing? He, he, he wouldn't want you to pause that, Envy. Well, okay. according to the rumors, they're saying that perhaps Nivea and Drake will be <laughs> featured on a track. And they're also saying now that XXXTentacion will whoa, be whoa, featured whoa, on whoa. a track. He said we ain't got Nivea on the album. Yeah. Really? There's a report. These are rumors. Oh, now you're So excited. until it comes out, <laughs> now, we don't know. Now, now I'm anticipating the release of this album. <laughs> Dropping the clues bombs for Nivea, Deb. Now you're excited. Right. What did that sound like? No, that would make a lot. That would be interesting because Nivea is one of his baby's mothers. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I would wonder, like, are they talking about each other? Like, what is the science in that record? That right, is interesting. Right, and she's an artist as well. Yeah. So, you know. All right, so I guess we'll know today. I'm Angela Yee, and that is your rumor report. All right, thank you, Miss Yee. Now we got front page news coming up. What are we talking about? Oh, we are going to be talking about Kavanaugh and what is going on with him. There's so many things to unpack here. So every second, it seems like there's another report about what's happening with Kavanaugh, who could be a Supreme Court justice. So we'll tell you what is happening now. All right. We'll get into all that when we come back. Don't move. And we have Cameron Caskey joining us. He's one of the survivors of the Parkland shooting out in Florida. So we'll kick it with him. So don't move. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ MV Angela Yee, Charlemagne the God. We are the Breakfast Club. Let's get in some front page news. What are we talking about, Yeezy? Well, we're going to talk about Supreme Court pick Brett Kavanaugh and Christine Blasey Ford, who is accusing him of sexual assault. Uh, she said she felt like he was going to kill her. 
Uh, and there are two different sides to this. Now, here is what Kavanaugh has to say about all these allegations that are coming uh, out against him. I've never sexually assaulted anyone. I did not have sexual intercourse or anything close to sexual intercourse in high school or for many years thereafter. Through all these years that are in question, you were a virgin. That's correct. Never had sexual intercourse with anyone in high school. Correct. And through what years in college, since we're probing into your personal many life years, here? Many years after. I'll leave it at that. There's so far uh, three women who have come forward accusing him of sexual misconduct. So we'll see what happens today as they both will be speaking and telling their sides of the story. Sheesh, what do you guys think is going to happen today? And have you been following the story, everybody in the room? Um, I was in the gym yesterday, and I had some misinformation because I thought they said two men came forward to say Kavanaugh sexually assaulted them, too. But you informed me that wasn't the case. What show were you watching? It was a headline on CNN. It says two men came forward uh, in Kavanaugh case. Yeah, they're actually coming forward to saying that they're the ones that assaulted Ford. So I don't know anything about that yet. They haven't identified that or investigated it at why, all. Why, but isn't that a, why isn't that a bigger deal, though? Like you well, can't, it just you, happened. You can't just dismiss two men who confessed to sexually assaulting a woman, right? They're not dismissing it, but they're trying to figure out what made these men come forward. Do they even know her? Were they even really there? Did it re they have to investigate. They don't just say it's true. Just like they're investigating her accusations and his defense of it. I'm just, oh, okay. Everything's in the process. Like a third woman has come forward, and uh, her name is Julie Swetnick. She said she attended high school parties in the early 80s where Kavanaugh and his friend Mark Judge were present, and they engaged in highly inappropriate conduct, including fondling and grabbing girls without their consent. She says she witnessed their efforts to cause girls to become inebriated at these parties by spiking the punch with drugs or grain alcohol so they would lose their inhibitions and their ability to say no so that the girls could be gang raped. So she said she has a very firm recollection of seeing boys lined up outside of rooms at many of these parties waiting for their turn with a girl inside the room. And these boys included Mark Judge and Brett Kavanaugh. She said that she too was drugged and she became the victim of one of these gang or train rapes at a party in 1982 in the D.C. area where both Kavanaugh and Judge were present. So, so what are they doing with all of these stories? They're just using this as part of an investigation? Yeah, these are allegations, and they have a hearing happening, so uh, women are coming forward to testify, and he'll be testifying as well, and we'll see when he, if he gets sworn in, and then people get to vote on whether or not he'll be a Supreme Court justice. They're not going to make the two men who said that they were the ones who actually committed the act, they're not going to make them testify? Well, I don't know if they want to. That's up to them if they plan to come forward and testify. I just feel like if two men have confessed to that crime, shouldn't they be on them the same Absolutely. way they're on Kavanaugh? Yes, they I should mean, be testifying I, I, I as well. Sense. Like, I guess the media doesn't care as much because two random men don't bring in the numbers like Kavanaugh. Well, I think they still have to determine, like, who are these men? If they're credible it, people. Yeah, yeah, they have I to even so. see. Did they even go to that school? Were they even there? Does anybody know who they are? Just like they're questioning people about Ford. Do people know who she is? Was she actually at the party? Were they present? Some people are uh, questioning Swetnick, who is the third person who's come forward and saying, I've never seen. So everybody's just basically... Yeah, I guess I'm just trying to figure out what makes one person more credible than the other. That's all. Yeah, they, they all should be researched and They have to, they have to vet it out, and they are. They have researched mm -hmm. it to see. Uh, a, a lot of these women are saying they have other people that can come and corroborate their story and have statements from those people as well. Because, I mean, that's a okay. big deal. Two men say, hey, we actually did the crime. Like, that's pretty huge. It is. Right. We don't I even know think. their names. We don't know their names at this point. Mm. All right. Well, that is your front page news. All right. Now, when we come back, we're going to kick it with Cameron Caskey, all right? Now, he's from... It's the Stoneman Douglas High School. It's the uh, school that got shot up. He was a survivor. 
And we're going to talk to him about everything that he's doing now and trying to help the situation and try to make sure that there aren't any more school shootings. I like this. So, I, I like I like this guy a lot, and he has some very uh, I think he has some very insightful things to say. Right. All right, so we're going to talk to him when we come back. Don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV Angela Yee, Charlamagne the guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We got a special guest in the building. Now, he's a survivor from the Parkland shooting out in Florida. Cameron Caskey. Good morning. Did he pronounce your last name correctly? Yes, he did. Okay. okay. <laughs> yes, I'm glad you're here, man, because, you know, I sat, I sat here and I thought about it. I was like, wow, you know, the, the media's attention on school shootings and gun reform Move so quickly, and until, until uh, the next shooting happens, it's very cyclical. Yes. Well, tell people what happened for those who may have forgot. So on Valentine's Day this year, my school was brutally massacred, and uh, we lost some of the best people in the world. And afterwards, uh, several of my friends and I got together, and we said, you know, we have to put aside this grief, we have to put aside this horrible pain, and come together and say, you know, we need a change here because we had seen these school shootings before. I mean, I was born in two thousand. So many of these mass school shootings have happened while I was growing up, so it was kind of status quo for me. And so often the footage you get, the stories you get are just people crying and, and you know, f the media coming in and filming s sad mothers. And, and we said, we don't want people to remember Parkland as the city where everybody was crying all day. We want people to remember Parkland as the city where people stood up and said, we need to do something here. That's crazy that that, that happened this year. Yeah, that, that seemed like it happened like a year ago. A thousand year. years ago. Now, the guy that did the shooting... Was there anything strange about him in school or anything that you was like, uh, we knew it was him? I'll, I'll tell you this. The police were called on him more than 40 times, and still he was able to legally purchase a semi-automatic rifle, which leads to the failures very often with not only our sheriff's office, our school board, but also our gun laws, allowing somebody who's, had, who's clearly shown such a violent record to purchase a weapon like that. But again, you know, one of the things that is very often glossed over in this situation is while, while there are really important conversations we need to have about guns, the sheriff's office and the and the school board from Broward County showed such gross negligence, showed such corruption and lies, and we unfortunately haven't been able to do anything to really cleanse it quite yet. Now, I see your legs shaking a lot. Do you suffer from PTSD after this incident? Are you just nervous to be here? Uh, a mixture of coffee and nervous. Okay. But in regards to PTSD, you know, I haven't seen any legitimate signs quite yet. But I was having a conversation with one of the men who was involved in the 9-11 attacks. Mm -hmm. And we talked about how, you know, he, he was telling me that the first year, the one-year anniversary, it was going to be, it felt like a finish line. And he and all his friends who went through it felt like after one year, everything was going to be okay. And four years later, it still hurts. Sometimes you, you discover things that hurt that you didn't mm -hmm. even know. And... um it's difficult. It's difficult to think of all the young people who have to come into Douglas and have to associate themselves and become comfortable at a school that's gone through such a thing. I mean, our freshman class this year, they, they have to deal with getting used to high school and also getting used to a high school that is reeling back from a terrible tragedy. Right. So, I, you know, I don't know what the future is going to hold for me. I know that I'm surrounded by people who are incredibly supportive and kind and you know, that's all I can really ask for. I mean, it has to be, though, because, I mean, I, I get anxiety just from watching stuff like that. You know what I mean? Like, thinking I got to send my daughters to school, not knowing what could happen, you know? Yeah, I've had, I've struggled with anxiety, depression before, and um, after this, you know, I, I was fortunately, after the shooting, able to hold myself together and try to serve as a rock for certain people. Mm -hmm. But, you know, sometimes you have to break down yourself, and it's important to cry. It's it's healthy to let your emotions out as Damn they right. 
Um, and, you know, we, it's so important to destigmatize conversation. People are so afraid to talk about what's hurting, and we need to fix that. But the training that they, that they teach you in school, it, was it tra- does the training work? Because, you know I, I, you know, I was reading your story, and he said you were actually outside, and they told you to go back into the school. Yes. Is, is, did that make sense? So, so what happened was I was picking up my younger brother from his dismissal because the special needs class is let out a little bit before the rest of them. Mm-hmm. And suddenly there's a fire alarm, and I said, oh, no, you know, we're going into the parking lot right now, and we're with some students who are developmentally disabled. It's going to be difficult if any cars come through. And, and suddenly a teacher runs out saying, everybody get back inside. So my, my first impression was, okay, it was a fake fire alarm, and the buses were about to come in, so they wanted us inside, so we were out of the traffic. And this guy next to me says, oh, there's a shooter. And I, and I looked at him, and I was like, that's a pretty thing to say, man. That's not funny. Mm-hmm. You know, this is a real thing we have to deal with. An hour after being a lo- locked in a classroom later, I realized that's what's going on here. But we actually never did a, a drill for, the, for a shooting. We talked we about it. We, yeah, we've had, uh, we had deep discussions in our classes, but we never really went through the proper training. Now, as a survivor, what are some things that you think schools need to implement? I know everybody has ideas of what should happen. They're like, oh, maybe the teachers should have guns. Maybe we should have armed security in the schools. What are some things that you think need to happen? Well, from a school standpoint, I think that we need to have more, we need to have more therapists, and if not therapists, you know, student uh, pe- people to just help out the students. There are a lot of young people I know who just need a helping hand and who need guidance in their life. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that's incredibly important. But from a school safety sta- standpoint, there was a fire alarm system that could have been implemented at Stoneman Douglas with hundreds of millions of dollars that the school board had that they didn't spend that would have saved lives on the third floor because it would have detected that it was a false fire alarm and send out an emergency warning to let everybody know to be in the classrooms. But the school board, when asked about it, says nothing. Why did why did the Parkland shooting case spur such a well-formed and, and active movement? Ah. <sighs> You know, I think I think it was a combination of a lot of things, but really the country had so often said this is just, you know, had so often tried to find excuses for these. Columbine was supposed to be an anomaly. Uh, other schools, other things happen. And I think Stoneman Douglas was really everybody saying enough already. And, um, you know, we have amazing teachers at our school who were really able to teach us how to use our voices and go out there and challenge the world. But really, I mean... The question, the question I had always heard was, how many is enough before we really do something here? And I think Stoneman Douglas was th- that tipping point. How does it make you feel when you hear people say things like, oh, that there was a false flag. It wasn't a real shooting. Kids aren't really dead. They're just doing this to push gun reform. I, I think we just need to ignore them. I think that taking that issue on and really addressing these people just gives them the, the, the attention that they want. And we have bigger problems to deal with than folks on the Internet. It's got to be see, frustrating for somebody like you who lived through it, though. Yes, but I, I just feel really bad for the families. I mean, uh, losing a family member and being told that mm-hmm. you didn't. It's fake. Mm-hmm. Uh, go, going to that room and it being empty in, in your home. You wish that, it was fake. You, yeah. it, it's, it's terrible. Now, let's talk about social media. I've seen on a lot of students taking pictures and videos. And you were talking about that, how, how students were just talk, taking pictures just to get likes or just to get views. You know, if you're taking video from inside a school shooting to sh- provide to the police and to show them the suspect and to show them what happened, mm-hmm. that's honorable. And I, I find that brave, to be honest. But there were students Snapchatting around, yo, my school getting shot up. And, you know, in one of those videos, there was somebody who had served as a mentor to me in my life, dead on the floor. Mm. And, um, and, you know, we were, and we, they were being sent around while we were locked in that room mm-hmm. waiting to get out of school that day. 
so I think that social media in many ways is a blessing, but in many ways also lets out a part of my generation that's just so ego-driven and so obsessed with getting as much attention as possible. I mean, something needs to be, there needs to be a cultural shift right here where social media is treated as something you do to, to have fun, not how you base your entire identity. Because right. I think my generation is having a huge identity crisis. Yeah, and it's no empathy and no value of life. Like, not even the value, not even the life of other people, but your own. Like, right. you're in danger and you're yeah. worried about something else snaps. It's, it's ridiculous. I mean, it's, it's significant of what I think the biggest problem my generation faces. And it's a problem I've struggled with before. It's a lesson that I've learned the hard way, but I'm glad I've learned it. And that's, we need to just stop thinking about ourselves. We need to start thinking about each other. And that's a big political point I've really been advocating for. Not even political, social, which is we need to start understanding each other as human beings. All right, we have more with Cameron Caskey when we come back. He's a survivor of the Parkland shooting out in Florida. So don't move. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. We're talking to Cameron Caskey. He's a survivor from the Parkland shooting out in Florida. Yee. You started your own activist group. So talk about that and what made you decide to do that. Well, um, you know, I think our country right now is, in, in regards to what we're facing, is dealing with everybody being used in political ways against each other. And I'm trying to ignite, I'm trying to take my generation, which is at a, crucial point as well because we're all coming into adulthood i mean the first wave of gen z is becoming adults now and i want to take gen z and say as we're growing up let's do better than the last ones let's be a generation that wants to engage and agree with each other and you know let's let's fix all the problems our the earlier generations had because there's no lack of passion in gen z there's no pe people said that you know my generation which i'm i'm just at the back end of being a millennial it's gen z i thought i was like the youngest millennial but no it's, it's gen z we really care. And, you know, uh, there are a lot of polls out there that say that many Gen Z people are are polling higher in, in favor of morals over money than a lot of other generations. Mm -hmm. I, I want to I send a message to my generation saying, as we grow up, we don't have to follow everybody else's mold. We can do something better together and we can unite. And I think that's really important. When you turn 18, are you going to get a gun license? No. I, um, I might possibly explore that in the future if... if I feel like my family's in any danger, but there are multiple guns in my home that my father keeps locked away. I don't know where the key is, but if somebody threatens to harm our family, my father's going to keep us safe. He's a reserve police officer. He's been through training. I think that to, to purchase a firearm in this country, you should go through training. Yeah. I, I, I ca simply cannot understand why people are allowed to purchase firearms in this country without taking a safety course. I had to take a driving test. I had to take an alcohol test. I think before. 18 is kind of young to give somebody a semi To give us like, goddamn sex ed. Uh, you know what I mean? I, I think that's kind of <laughs> like young. You get sex ed young. in school. I, I got sex ed starting in fifth grade. That's what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. And, you know, look, the, the people will make the argument that if you could serve in the military at 18, you could carry a firearm at but 18. But you do have to get training. Yeah, in the military. That's what I was going to yeah. say. In the military, you have to get training as well. You have to be responsible. Mental evaluation. Outstanding. If Background in, checks. Ex exactly. I mean, the fact is, in this country... Somebody who has had the police called on them 48 times can legally purchase a semi-automatic rifle, mm -hmm. and that is pathetic. And the fact that anybody is saying it isn't, the fact that people are saying, oh, that's our freedom, if that's our freedom, we, we need to reassess how we go about these firearm sales because the, the, at some point when, you, when you've had the police called on you 48 times, there's a chance you're doing something wrong. Right. How did you get so well-versed just on all of this stuff? Well, I appreciate that. Uh, well-versed is one word for it. In regards to speaking, I, I took theater. 
and theater is a class that'll take someone with a voice and say, here's how you use it. Here's how you appropriately use it. I mean, I was the biggest little in the entire world. Mm-hmm. I was a loudmouth who was just saying things that were controversial just to make a stir. And um, Sound like somebody I know in here, but go ahead. <laughs> Definitely not me. <laughs> <laughs> not even a little bit. I mean, ju- just last week I went back to a rehearsal for a musical that we're doing in my town. And um, and I and I, I went through one rehearsal. I was seeing my girlfriend. Um, I, I was only in town for a little bit, and she had a rehearsal, and I didn't want her to tell her not to go because I didn't want to ruin her life. I just said, I'll go. <laughs> and at that rehearsal, I felt like myself for the first time really since the shooting. Wow. Mm. I'm at home. I'm surrounded by the people that I love and the people that I used to sing, dance, and look like a moron with. And something it clicked inside me that made me feel like a human being again. And, you know, that that's kind of one of the things I have trouble talking about, but in another way enjoy talking about after the shooting, is that our lives, every decision that the victims from Stoneman Douglas will... Every situ, everything that happens for the rest of our lives, it it only happened because the worst possible thing in the entire world happened. So... There's no returning to normal. There is no normal. Everything that will ever happen for the rest of my life, no matter what I choose to do, is is in 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 some way tied to the fact that this horrible thing happened. Why do you feel that way? Because I mean, there's no way your life can truly, truly be the same Uh, after after 17 people in your proximity being murdered. There's no way to really discover a real status quo that that cannot go back to that. I mean, no matter what I end up doing with myself, whether I become a lawyer, doctor, or salesman, whatever it might be. It's going to be based around it, that it's, moment. It, it's not, not even based. It's going to be because of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, it's so strange settling into reality that is... The, the, it's like I, I read comic books and there are these alternate universes where something went wrong. Like, you know, when Batman was with Robin, Robin was killed and then Batman went down a dark path. And I always think, like... This is that alternate universe. This is a nightmare. It, it, before all of this, if somebody said this would happen, I would say, okay, that's just some horrible thing that's just a, a possibility that really isn't real. But w- what we're living in is not real. The world hasn't really felt genuine to mm. me or many people mm-hmm. I know. And, you know, it's I, I'm lucky enough to be able to be, like I said, surrounded by such kind, considerate people. But... I think about all the people from my school and similar situations. It certainly didn't only happen at my school um, who are dealing with this. Right. Does it make you feel guilt because you are getting a lot of, like you have an opportunity to even be on this show because of that situation. Does it make you feel guilt? At first I felt guilt. Mm-hmm. After the shooting, before we were even on news, when I walked out of school that day, I said, there are 15-year-old girls who are about to be buried this week. Mm-hmm. Why did I get to walk out? What What makes me so special that I get to have my life when other people don't? But and and in regards to you know being on shows like this, opportunities like that, I think as long as what you're advocating for and speaking about is important, you can always use your voice. That's my whole thing. You know, we were on big media shows, and many people after the shooting were saying like, "How could you be doing that after your friends were killed?" And I said, "I'm doing it because I think I need to. I'm doing it because what I'm talking about is what I think can make the world a safer place." I actually, I have friends who went about their lives after the shooting. I have a friend who um who actually worked on March for Our Lives with me, who then went to summer camp. And the, at, fir- at first I thought, how could you do that? There's so much we need to do. There's such important things to advocate for. How could you go out and live your life after all of this? But then I realized what he was doing was, was 
living his life. And what the shooter wanted was to ruin everything. Mm-hmm. The shooter came into the school wanting to ruin everybody's life. And the fact that people were able to go back to their lives, you know, the, the kids who were playing sports were able to go back to practice. The, the kids who were doing theater were able to go back to rehearsals. The fact that they were able to go about that. At first, I thought, how, how could they? That's selfish. And then I realized they were doing exactly what they should have. When the shooter comes in and wants to ruin everybody's lives and the people say, you know what, I'm going to live my life anyway. I've learned some lessons about what's important. Uh, I'm going to go put more love into the world. I I think that's amazing. Also remember, too, Cameron, it's very important to remember, you're 17. So, you know, even though you are, you know, taking on this great responsibility and saying I'm going to be this advocate for this and you want to practice your activism, that's fine, but you're still 17. Absolutely. Still got a life to live. If you want to play Fortnite all goddamn day, Drink some soda. You can do that. You're a comic book guy. You, you, you're you entitled to go see your Marvel movies and read your comic books, date right. your girlfriend. Like, you can have a life. Uh, I, I, under, I, I agree, and uh, it took me a long time to realize that. Now, one of um, right. your schoolmates, Sarah Chadwick, who's also started March for Our Lives with you guys. I love Sarah. Yeah, she said, We in Parkland recognize that one of the main reasons we are being heard is because most of us are white. We have been working to use our white privilege to amplify the voices of minorities to deal with gun violence on a daily basis. Their voice deserves to be heard just as much. That's true. So what are some things that you guys are doing along that vein as well? So so w- one of the things that encouraged us to go around to a lot of different states this summer was the fact that, you know, we were in front of the media and 17 people were murdered in our town. And cities like Chicago deal mm-hmm. with this gun violence to such a terrible, tremendous extent. And they're not heard. And we were seeing these people who had to deal with this on such a daily basis, but weren't in front of cameras the way we were. And we said, these stories need to be told for, for people to truly understand gun violence in this country. Gun violence in this country is not Im- just embodied in a small town of white people getting shot up. Mm-hmm. Gun violence in this country has, is such a multifaceted issue that affects so many communities in such a different way. And we all need to understand it because, you know, we need to team up here and we need to tackle this issue for what it is. Because I didn't get it. You know, I used to think Chicago was like the bean and the place where they filmed The Dark Knight. I, I did not... And then we go to the South Side and the West Side, and I realize these are good people who are, who are trying to live lives and, and be great members of their community. And I, I know so many young people who are, and they have to worry about leaving the door. People say that kids like me are brave for getting on camera after the shooting at my school. Kids in Chicago are brave for getting the f*** out of their house that day. Mm. And... Um, and, you know, we see these people who deal with so, so much more and it's so much who are given the short end of the stick to such a tremendous extent. And, you know, we're, it, it, really, it really showed us a new light. And it really made me very glad that Rahm Emanuel is not seeking re-election for mayor of Chicago. <laughs> Cameron, we appreciate you for joining us. Thanks a lot. Cameron for president one day, God right, damn it. Here we go. Cameron, I really hope, it, I really hope it doesn't come to that. <laughs> it's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Walk it, walk it, walk it, Morning, everybody. It's DJ MV Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. Now let's get to these rumors. Let's talk, sweetie. This is the Rumor Report with Angela Yee. Rumor, 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 Well, Saweetie was on The Real, and she talked about dating. Now, we saw her at Fashion Week in New York, and she was hanging out with Quavo a whole lot, even though they have worked together. So check out what happened when she was asked about whether or not she's dating Quavo. You know, me and him have worked together. It was, I mean, you you guys seen the Work In Me video? Yes. Um, It was a pleasure to, you know... You should all laugh when you see it. Exactly. It's a nice nice picture. Um, Why is it a nice picture? Because he's cute. 
You know, we've worked together on ever since then. <laughs> we've been we've been getting to know each other. I enjoy his company. I sure had to look at the picture on Revolt TV because I had no idea who Saweetie was. Oh, you don't know her? Uh-uh. Well, check out her episode on Lip Service if you haven't heard of Saweetie before. But she, she looks like a young Nivea. Yeah, she's a pretty girl, and mm-hmm. she's really sweet. So that's a cute couple. I like that. Cute couple. Yeah, she's pretty cool. I met her when... Uh, no, you weren't there. I met her out in Boston when we did the uh, the Boston Summer Jam. All right, now... What does she do? She sings? Uh, she, like, you she heard... Raps. She We did the raps. whole... Um, Kaya, Kia, yeah, whatever name neck, is. My Neck, My Back. Okay. Mm-hmm. You probably heard that song because that was popular. Or my neck, my back? Yeah, when she Can't stop, it. won't stop. That, no. well, I can't rap it. All right. Yeah. Donald Glover has had to postpone his tour dates, and that's because of his injury. Uh, and, you know, we saw him at the iHeartRadio Music Festival behind the scenes. He was in a wheelchair. He I thought he just had a baby. Something on his foot. But he said his <laughs> tour is postponed, not canceled. So there you go. He's going to have to sit some dates out. But before the year's over, he's going to come back and make up those shows. Okay. Yeah, you got to do what you got to do. All right, Pete Davidson. Some more things about what he had to say. Now, he's not too happy with Chevy Chase. You know, you guys know Chevy Chase, right? Mm-hmm. From all the National Lampoon vacations and everything. The old guy. <laughs> Older, I yeah, should say. You, you keep saying that like you like you don't have a birthday. You, you yeah, but old, I got to remember him. I remember guy, Chevy you, Chase. You the old guy to some people right now, too. I am. I sure am. Yeah, I ain't going to lie. I feel years, old sometimes. You know Envy? Who, the old guy? Well, the Chevy Chase did an interview with the Washington Post, and he was talking about Saturday Night Live. He said, I'm amazed that Lauren has gone so low. I had to watch a little of it, and I just couldn't effing believe it. That means a whole generation of ish heads laughs at the worst effing humor in the world. You know what I mean? How could you dare give that generation worse ish than they already have in their lives? It just drives me nuts. All right, well, Pete Davidson, Pete, Pete Davidson wasn't happy about those Saturday Night Live comments, and he was on Howard Stern, and here's what he had to say. He's a f***ing douchebag, Chevy Chase. I but hate for, that dude. For saying that, or have you met Chevy? No, he's just a genuine bad racist person, and I don't like him. Is that right? Is yeah, he a f- yeah, there was a whole controversy, huh? He's a, he's a putz. I don't like him. And when he said those ungracious comments about uh, the cast and how people don't say uh, live from Saturday night. Yeah, what has he done since 83? Like, nothing. Well, listen, he's had a huge career, but, <laughs> yeah, but at the but same he point... He had a really big career, and then it stopped because everybody realized he's a off. Dropping a clues bombs with Pete Davidson. Uh, Michelle Obama says when they go low, we go high, but sometimes you have to take it to the floor with them, and that's exactly what Pete Davidson did. Round of applause for my boy. Unfiltered. Okay. Yeah. All right. Another person who was unfiltered is Naomi Campbell. She was on Watch What Happens Live with Andy Cohen, and she had some things to get off her chest. Now she talked about the Harper's Bazaar icon party and the whole Nicki Minaj versus Cardi B. You were at that party, right? No, it was called the icon party, but there were no icons there. Oh. oh. Okay. I love. And I'm gonna say it because I told it to Karine Rockford to her face. So I don't think it's something I can't say. But um, Kate and I were at home on the couch watching TV. But um, I was disappointed. Yeah. I don't want to see women of color fight. I don't want to see women fight, period. Yeah. So not there, not that. Wow. Didn't Naomi Campbell used to fight a lot back in the day? Or am I making this up? She definitely had an anger issue, I believe. Yeah, didn't she always, like, get in altercations? I or, thought she did, too. Uh, I could be making all of this up. Now, she was also asked about Kendall Jenner on Watch What Happens Live, and here's what she said. Peter the Meteor wants to know your views on Kendall Jenner being the highest paid model while saying she cherry picks her jobs and could never do 30 shows in a season. Next question. (laughs) All right. Guess she doesn't feel too happy about that. Mm. All right. I'm Angela Yee, and that's your rumor report. All right. Thank you, Miss Yee. She she tussled with a young PR who got too close. Shalomite. Naomi Campbell did. What, man? 
Who you throwing that donkey to, man? Oh, Next question. We need a uh, young lady named, well, I don't know how young she is. You can never tell how, how man age ages. But uh, Val O'Connell needs to come to the front of the congregation. We'd like to have a word with her, please. Okay. Yeah. All right, we'll get into that when we come back and then ask ye If you need relationship advice, get on them phones right now. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. I was born a donkey. It's the donkey of the day. That's pretty funny. Charlemagne the devil? Possibly. <laughs> the Breakfast Club. Hello! Uh, donkey of the day for Thursday, September 27th, goes to a woman in Bozeman, Montana, named Val O'Connell. Now, I've been on this radio and on my podcast for a few years now having uh, unrefined conversations about rape culture. Uh, the reason I've had these conversations is because a lot of men don't know, don't show, or don't give a damn about some of the behavior that we have displayed towards women over the years. It's just a lot of things that went down in the 90s, early 2000s that were very inappropriate that we have yet to acknowledge. When I see things like Apple Music canceling Dr. Dre's mini biopic series because of heavy orgy scenes, drug use and guns, or Uncle Luke's biopic being held up because they want him to water it down based off the climate we are in, uh, I don't think that's a good thing. Because as a society, you can't heal what you don't reveal. If you're really self-aware and really holding yourself accountable, you can look back on that era and see where you were out of line. So why not do? Why not use those opportunities to live your truth and show men examples of what not to do and how not to be? That's why women like Val O'Connell are confusing to mm. me. Because we are in a culture shift right now with the Me Too Times Up movement that will... Ultimately, I believe, will be good for America. I mean, at the essence of both these movements, they're trying to make the world a better, safer space for women. I'm all for that. You know, it's, it's making all men question their past behavior so they don't make the same mistakes. I'm all for that. And when you know better, you should do better, and you should teach better. Be better. But it's hard to teach better when you have women like Val O'Connell delivering these kinds of messages. Now, this clip comes courtesy of MSNBC. Okay, an NBC News political reporter named Ali Vitali spoke with Val, who is a female Trump supporter. Let me paint the picture for you. Uh, Val is in this video with her two teenage daughters. When asked about Dr. Christine Blasey Ford's sexual assault allegations against Brett Kavanaugh, she dismissed them as no big deal. Let's go to MSNBC for the report, please. Groping a woman, which is, what is that, at 18? I mean, how many guys, you know, think that's no big deal? Even back then, it was, yeah. it's not a big deal. It doesn't just take away from his character and his job to do what he needs to do as a Supreme Court nominee. Oh, uh, play, that, play that one more time for me, please. Just one, just one more time. I need to be clear on this. Groping a woman, which is, what is that, at 18? I mean, how many guys, you know, think that's no big deal? Even back then, it was, yeah. it's, it's not a big deal. It doesn't just take away from his character and his job to do what he needs to do as a Supreme Court nominee. Oh, the mayonnaise is heavy in this one. Oh, my gosh. The mayonnaise is heavy how on is both sides. groping a woman in any way not a big deal? Listen, man. Guys, uh, groping is a form of sexual assault. Uh, now, she may tell you groping is no big deal, but you can go to jail for groping, especially if that woman doesn't want to be groped. Now, I don't know if the allegations against Kavanaugh are true or not, but I know that if you force a woman on a bed and grope her and attempt to take her clothes off and she doesn't want that to happen, that is absolutely a form of sexual assault. Now, I don't know who the hell Val O'Connell is trying to convince, and I know she is instilling that foolishness in her teenage daughters because they were in the video shaking their heads uh, with her like agreeing, but I rebuke that rhetoric in the name of Jesus. And all you young men out there need to do that as well. Don't use Val O'Connell's words as an example of why it's okay to grope women when they don't want to be groped, okay? Nope, don't fall for that BS. That is the bait truck, full of sneakers in Chicago.
All right? You know good and damn well this U-Haul truck full of Jordans and Yeezys not supposed to be on 59th Place and Princeton Avenue in Inglewood, so don't go in it. All right? And I know that when you hear Val say that, you feel the same way. The reason you feel that way is because it's not right. Okay? I don't understand why women like Val O'Connell, Trump supporters, vote against their own interests. But just remember, if you ever wondered how Trump got in the office saying stuff like this, it's because of women like Val O'Connell. But her political interests aside, just focusing on what she said in a vacuum, that groping a woman is no big deal. Her exact words, how many guys do you know who think that's no big deal? Um, it doesn't matter what we as men think, all right? She's right. A lot of men did think that was no big deal, but that's the problem. That's always historically been the problem. If it wasn't a big deal, Val, MSNBC wouldn't be approaching you asking you about it. If it wasn't a big deal, Val, Brett Kavanaugh would have been voted in last week. Val. Please don't get in the way of progress, all right? Right when guys are finally figuring it out, here you come with this new math. No, all right? For the record, I don't care if you're 18 or 80. If you're groping a woman that doesn't want to be groped, not only is it wrong, it's a crime. Please let Remy Ma give Val O'Connell the biggest hee-haw. Hee-haw, hee-haw, you stupid motherfucker. you dumb. I really shouldn't even have to say that. I mean, with her daughters right there. <laughs> it's crazy. I guess I do, though. I don't know. Okay. All right. Well, thank you for that donkey today. When we come back, ask ye. 800-585-1051. If you got a question for ye, if you need relationship advice or any type of advice, hit ye now. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ MV Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. Of course, it's Ask Yee time, 800-585-1051. We have Crystal on the line. Crystal, good morning. Hey, Crystal. Hi. What's your question for Ask Yee? Hi, okay. The question is, I've been dating this guy for about six to seven months, and he's starting to give me signs that he's kind of maybe gay. Okay, what's he and doing? I, I, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Um, a few of the things are he's a single man, he has no kids. All of his friends are the same thing, single with no kids. How old is he? He's like 38. Okay. What's wrong with single and no kids? He ain't find the right woman yet. You got to give him that pinky okay. test, man. Just tell her, what, just tell right. her how to do the pinky okay. test. Crystal, go ahead. Another thing is the position that he put me in when we have sex. It just feels so weird. <laughs> he so, lays on his stomach and tells you to do what? <laughs> like what positions? Right. Right, he lays on his back, actually, and he'll put me in the middle of his leg. And then he toot that thing up. Right, like he cocks his legs. I don't think a straight man would be comfortable cocking their legs. Well, he's laying on his back and you riding him. No, I'm, I'm like laying flat in between his legs. Laying flat in between his I'm legs? I'm confused. Right. It, it doesn't even feel right. So it's like... I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Sometimes you want to show your woman that, you know, she can be dominant too. You let her get on top. You know what I mean? Just to lay there. So you you wouldn't mind cocking your legs up and letting her lay them... First of all, this has nothing to do with me and what I like to do. Okay? <laughs> Charlamagne's definitely done this. <laughs> yeah, he's definitely done this. I'm just interested this. to see how he answers this question. That's now, all. so Crystal, <laughs> let me ask you this. Have you ever tried to do anything in his butt? Whoa. I want to. But I'm scared, like, because I, I really like him. So if it go, if he lets me, then it's over. That's not, why? <laughs> so why is it over? Because that's just, I, I like an, I love an alpha male. And I don't think an alpha male would let you play in his butt. I'm an alpha male. And she can you play in your butt? Listen, <laughs> <laughs> I'm on record. All right. You know what I'm saying? I don't mind. He's on little, record. I don't mind a little, you know. A little, a little finger what? action. A little well, tongue no, back there, you know no, what I'm no, saying? No, no, what else? Prostate. Uh, what else? Okay. All right, Charlamagne. So, 
Krista, what if he's bisexual? No, I'm, I'm okay. I can't do that. All right, so here's my thoughts on this. A lot of times we do have our own intuitions that are really cluing us into things. And what is your intuition telling you? I kind of want to, I don't know. I, I, I Gay! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ask if she's from Atlanta. You know what your mind is telling you. <laughs> I know. Where but, you from, Mama? But that's what I'm thinking. I'm from Mississippi. Oh. Okay. That's so what? So go, go ahead. Tell me about your intuition. Some men they like different things. Yes. You know? so, <laughs> that's all. Has he ever been to jail? Whoa. Yes, years ago, but it wasn't for long. It was maybe like six months. That's all it takes. <laughs> all, it takes. all it takes is six minutes. That's it, Mama. <laughs> <laughs> Well, look, Krista, all I'm saying is if you're not comfortable, you're just not comfortable. If there's something that you feel like is off for this relationship, and you also, it's hard to ask somebody that because if they're not ready to come out with something, they're just not ready. So I think you just need to pay really close attention to what's going on and clue you into certain things. Like, you think he's messing with any of his friends, his boys? I hope not. I did some research, like some hardcore research, and it doesn't seem like it. But I'm not sure. I'm really not sure. Because I will say people just have different things that they like in the bedroom, and that doesn't indicate a sexual preference necessarily. Okay, that makes sense. You know, some people do like having things in their butt. Some people do like certain positions, and so it is what it is. Like, uh, some people like all kinds of things that you never even imagine. There's all kinds of fetishes and preferences that people have, so it doesn't necessarily mean that. But I think that if your gaydar is going off, that you should pay attention to it. Go with um, your gut. And you know what rhymes with gut? Butt. But. And you know what he wants? <laughs> butt play. And you know what rhymes with play? Gay. And that man is probably not gay, just freaky. And if you're not down for that, bounce. Okay? Okay, that makes sense. But try it out first. Try it with your finger first and see what happens, all right? This is why men can't be vulnerable. You know what, though? I'll say this, Crystal. When he's on his, um, if you ever get him doggy style, look at his butt and see if it looks like it's open. You, you know, know what? Or if it's tight. <laughs> messing with y'all this morning. If it look like that emoji, that'd be going. Yeah. You know how you can tell when somebody's getting slammed? <laughs> My goodness. And you can look and see how open it is. Take a look and see if it looks like it is, you know, Okay. If you can write right. W on each cheek and it says, wow. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Crystal. Good luck. See if it looks too accessible. Ask E. 805 I don't like this. This is why men can't be vulnerable, okay? Why can't I express things that I want to do in the bedroom like what wow. my woman? Like what? Like what, Charlamagne? <laughs> we know the to tongue. Wild. We know the finger. <laughs> <laughs> he wants to be a wow. 805 Wow, me today. We've American Pie. We all have prostate, sir. Good morning, everybody. It's DJ MV Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We're in the middle of Ask Yee. Hello, who's this? Hey, this is Anonymous. Anonymous, what's your question for Yee, bro? Hey, um, okay, so it's a little bit unadulterated, but here you go. Me and my significant other have been together for quite some time. You know, the beginning stages of a relationship. You talk to each other, you tell each other everything. Mm -hmm. So she told me about an experience she had where she was sexually assaulted mm -hmm. at a younger age. So in our sexual experience, I don't allow her to do certain things to me because I keep picturing that, that she told me happened to her. Right. She feels like because I don't let her do that, that our relationship is going to falter. But if she tries it, I'm completely turned off. Oh, well, and she, if I don't let her try it, then she gets turned off. Well, you know, she shared something really emotional and trusted you enough to tell you something. And I don't think that she would want you to treat her differently because of it, because now you're making her feel weird. But I can't help it. I don't 
like I mean I I picture what it what happened to her and I and I can't get that out of my head. But I don't dislike her. I'm not you know I'm still attracted to her, but she is just that part I don't I don't want from her. You know, first of all, it sounds like she definitely needs to seek professional help, and you guys should maybe go into couples therapy together to work through these things because this is something that you shouldn't be trying to handle on your own. But I will say that it probably is hurtful to her and reminds her also of certain things that happened to her that she shared with you, you know, in a, in some moments of trust and love, and now you're treating her differently. So that probably makes her feel like she even did something more wrong but, when it's not her no, fault not, at all. Yeah, that's true, too. So. Now every time she tries to do something with you, she, you making her feel like it's something dirty. The main thing that made her start feeling like that is because she saw me in my phone one day watching adult films and the thing that I refused to let her do to me was what I was watching. But it's not that I don't like that period. It's just that from her, after picturing what happened to her, I don't want that from her. And it's, and it's not that I treat her differently. Everything else is cool. Everything else could be a go. But when it comes to that part, it's like... Yeah, but it probably makes her think of it every single time now, too, because you're thinking of it. Oh, that's right. You know, she doesn't she doesn't want to be bogged down with... Obviously, she shared that with you, and it's something that she went through and experienced that was traumatizing. But now, every time she tries to do it to you, she's thinking that you're thinking about it. And, like, the worst thing that she doesn't want to... She wants to move on with her life with you and do things that. that she wants to do and not have that power over her where somebody did something and now it's hindering her sexual life because you're letting uh, it hinder it. And now she shared something and, and it's kind of like throwing it in her face. I'm not trying to, but it just shows through her performance that it's not like if, uh, you know what, I appreciate your advice. It's not something that I looked at from your perspective, so I appreciate it. And I guess we will probably try to go get some help from somewhere. Yes, definitely get some professional help because she shared something that was so like so important to her with you. And now it's like every time she probably is like, damn, why did I even tell him? Now we can't even have our normal sex life that I want things that I know he likes that I want to do because this person has a power over what's happening now still. Well, I appreciate you. I mean, I don't know what else to say to that. I mean, because. Her, her, the way her performance, like she never, it never happened. She never did it before, and then she just wanted to all of a sudden start doing it. So it didn't necessarily change anything in our sex life that wasn't there before. It's just that, like, okay, now you want to do this, but I don't want it from you. So I would love for you guys to talk to each other and you know express these things, just like she was able to express to you. I think you guys should talk about these things, and you should listen to her point of view. I will. All right. Good luck to you. Thanks, Missy. No problem. Therapy, man. That's therapy. Exactly, I think that's exactly what you said was right. Yee. They need couples therapy. All right. That was Ask Yee. 800-585-1051. I don't go anywhere. Rumors are on the way. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. It's about time. What's going on? Yo. Rumor report. Rumor report. This is the Rumor Report. Talk to him. With Angela Yee on the Breakfast Club. Now, on The Real, Adrian Bailon talked about Text getting married. She's been married for a year. But she also says that people keep on asking her about starting a family and having a baby. Here's what she had to say. I think yes. that as an audience, we should be sensitive to the fact that everybody doesn't get pregnant right away. And right. I think for myself, I thought it would happen so easily for me. And it just hasn't happened that way. And I, I have had to come to peace with that, that it'll happen when it's God's timing, and I believe in that, and I have faith in all of that. That's got to be a, a, a conversation you get tired of hearing about, right? Right, because, you know, she does want to start a family, but we don't know the difficulty that people might have 
or sometimes it takes a while. Yeah, people act like starting a family is like starting a car. Like you can just get in and crank it up and like, yeah, boom. Let's have a baby. Okay, like, I'm pregnant. That's <laughs> not how this works at all. Well, that, and she has a career too, so she might want to not put her career on hold for a little bit. So I'm sure well, there's a lot to think about. Well, she's trying. Oh, she is trying. Yeah, she's as she said, and she's like she just said, she just wanted to be. Uh, it's going to be the timing of, of God, and that's when it's going to happen. Well, so. it changes everything, okay? I got a newborn in the house right now, so that makes three for me. And so I look around, and I look at my wife, and I look at those three little girls, and I say, look at all these goddamn plane tickets I got to buy when we go on vacation now. Right, and she just wants to stress <laughs> the fact that you just don't know what somebody's status is, if they're having issues, uh, if, you know, you just don't know. So and you they can't may just not... be going around asking people, are you pregnant? When are you going to have a baby? Yeah, and people may not want to pay for extra plane tickets either. All right. Uh, Little Zan, now we told you about how the Hot Cheetos sent him to the hospital and people didn't believe him. Well, he's still uh, feeling better, but he's not going to stop eating those Hot Cheetos. Check it out. I'm a big Cheeto fan, a Hot Cheeto fan. My stomach's still not completely better yet. I literally was just one bag. Ate it. I was drinking soda. I have a really poor diet. And next thing I know, for four days, like, I was, like, feeling really bad. Like, I don't know, just stomach aches. Then uh, I ate... Another bag of the chili lemon ones, and literally just, I vomited a little blood. He said, I just want to let everyone know I'm good, healthier than I've ever been, and ready to kick off my third tour in New York in a couple of days. Also, be careful, Hot Cheetos are one hell of a drug. Why do you think a rapper named Little Zan, who has watched people overdose off the opioids that he's named after, would stop eating Hot Cheetos? I don't know, maybe he doesn't want his poo to be orange anymore. Oh, God. All right, Rihanna's house got broken into again, but this time cops did get able, did, were able to respond in time because she has a high-end security system. If you guys remember, somebody broke in her home previously back in May and was hanging around outside and all of that. He got charged with burglary, stalking, and vandalism later on. But now for the second time somebody broke in, she wasn't home at the time, but they did see suspects fleeing the property, so they don't know if anything was taken yet or not. You're not supposed to just break into Rihanna house. Now, a lot of these celebrities we talk about, I can understand. Stand. No. You ain't supposed to just break into Rihanna. You Rihanna know what it was? She, she wasn't home. Flight security. Well, she does now. She wasn't home. She wasn't home. And and, and her, her crib is all gated up. But. That's what I'm saying. Rihanna should be in something gated. When you jump on the lawn, you get electrocuted. If you do make it to the house, it's like some some roots from Barbados just falls oh, out the sky. Stupid. Some dust just hits you in the face. You know what I mean? Like it should be chicken bones buried all through that yard that keep evil spirits oh, out. boy. All right, Snoop Dogg talked about his son quitting football, and one of the reasons why that happened is because he started researching CTE. Now, here's what Snoop Dogg had to say on Wendy Williams. You know what? It kind of upset me, but then I started to look into the CTE situation and to the guys with head injuries, yeah. and, and I, I thought I said to myself, I said, my son is very smart for getting out early and maintaining yep. his mind state. How did Cordell break it to you? Was it... He broke it. To, he broke it. To, it was like it was difficult. It was difficult for him because he, like he said, and I can share this with you guys. He had played for me his whole life, and he wanted to play for his son. Got it. All right. Yeah, and you know, I'm sure with your with your son, your son plays football, right, Envy? He does. Does that concern you? Has your son researched CTE? Absolutely. I'm trying to get my son out of football, but he loves it too much, and you know, it, it's it's. Up to him right now, but I've been trying to push him into soccer. I've been trying to push him into basketball, trying to push him into many different things. He loves the sport, though. Yeah, a lot of people were like, oh, why would he quit? He was so good. But if he's concerned about that, and that's a real concern, it's up to him to make that decision. Yeah, and a lot of these kids are smart nowadays. They realize that the the, the risk don't, don't uh, the risk is the not risk worth, is not the, worth reward. the reward. <laughs> yeah, because the NFL The pay, risk is greater than the reward. Yeah, the NFL don't even give you guaranteed money, and the money decent, but not to be living, you know, 
crazy the rest of your life. All right, now let's talk about Malcolm D. Lee. You guys know about him. Um, Night School, of course. Uh, we know him from being the director for Girls Trip. Well, he has another project he's doing. It's called Real Talk. It's going to follow an old school rapper trying to reunite his group to reclaim their past glory as one of the most influential hip-hop acts ever. And shout-out to Rada Blink. She's actually going to be writing the script. She writes for Empire, and she also writes for She's Gotta Have It. It's she's also movie? been on. Yeah, it's going to be a movie. She also has been on lip service, so make sure you check out that episode. So shout out to Rada Blank, who's going to be writing that. All right, I'm Angela Yee, and that is your rumor report.